CICD is a terrible pain. Teams have basically stopped expecting from their CICD tooling to actually continuously integrate and deliver their product. They've sort of given up on setting that expectation that everyone building your product can actually integrate all of their work in one place and then deliver it all as a whole and then do that continuously. You are listening to the Kubelist Podcast, a show interviewing project maintainers for open source projects with a focus on CNCF sandbox, incubating, and graduated projects. Hi, I'm Mark Campbell. Together with Benji DeGroot, we publish the Kubelist newsletter dedicated to Kubernetes and the CNCF ecosystem. I'm the founder and CTO at Replicated, where we enable software vendors such as HashiCorp, Puppet, Harness, and many others to operationalize and scale the distribution of their modern on-prem software. Check us out at replicated.com. Benji is the co-founder and CEO at Shipyard, where they enable teams of all sizes to build, test, and deploy faster and more reliably via their ephemeral environment management platform. Get started with ephemeral environments at shipyard.build. The Kubeless podcast is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor in developer-first startups. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or you would like to suggest a project, find us on Twitter at readkublist. Finally, sign up for the Kublist newsletter and read previous issues at kublist.com. Hi again, so we're back with the second part of the series with Solomon Hikes. Last time we talked about Docker, and today we're going to go on and talk about Dagger. So Solomon spent a lot of time building Dagger to solve some of the challenges many of us have had with CI. This is definitely a cool new product, and hearing why and how it was built was a great story. Enjoy. Now you've got this thing called Dagger, and honestly, it's really cool. Um, and I'd love you to just tell us quickly, like, what is Dagger? What's the elevator on Dagger? And then let's just talk a little bit about maybe where it came from, um, where you guys are at, and where you're planning on going, and then maybe a little bit of community talking, because I know it's an open source project as well. Sure. So uh, Dagger is uh, my, my new startup. I, I started it with Two close friends were the earliest employees of Docker and even DocCloud before that. So we went through the pivot together and everything. Uh, Sam Alba ran engineering, basically. And Andrea Buzardi was the very first engineer and wrote the first line of code in the Docker repo, you know, among many other things. He was the lead on Swarm. And anyway, so we, we got back together and, and built a team around solving more problems in this general space. And it, and, we, we started by just starting over as beginners. We just went out there and spoke to as many software teams as we could about their problems to make sure we didn't make any assumptions because 10 years is a long time. You know, some things remain the same, others change. So what we learned is that CICD is a terrible pain and teams have basically stopped expecting from their CICD tooling to actually continuously integrate and deliver their product. <laughs> They've sort of given up on setting that expectation that everyone building your product can actually integrate all of their work in one place and uh, then deliver it all as a whole and then do that continuously. Literally, the words continuously integrate and deliver. It's not happening in practice. You've got pockets of it and pockets of the team. But as soon as you have more than one team shipping one cohesive component, you know, so let's say as soon as you, you're large enough that front end team, back end team, you know, maybe the AI team, mobile, whatever, you've got these, these silos now. And inside that silo, everything's great. You've got native tooling, 
you're developing super fast, you're collaborating super fast, but now you want to run integration tests. You want to deploy staging environment. You want to go to production. You want to do a bunch of things that involve not just your silo, but the other silos. So you want to integrate and then things break down. It's slow, hard to test, hard to collaborate on. And so it's just a source, a constant source of problems. And so Dagger uh, aims to solve that by instead of throwing everything away and starting from scratch with a new buzzword, you just start from this, the CI CD you have and improve it so it can actually integrate everything. And the way you do that is you meet developers where they are. So you drop this engine out called Dagger on top of your existing CI platform, and then you write code for it. You express your pipeline logic in code, and then you can run those pipelines on the developer's laptop and on your CI runner. So that gives you a few things. Developers can actually run the full suite of CI CD pipelines early as part of the development process. They don't need to run all the pipelines all the time, but you have this shift left process where, okay, you're participating in the integration process early. So things like getting an end-to-end environment from different pieces and then aiming your tests at in an automated way becomes easy. By the way, I'm going to plug Shipyard here. If you're using Shipyard, you can plug your Shipyard environment as part of that overall pipeline. Right? The point is, there's a lot of tools out there, and all of them need to be plugged into your CICD pipelines together. That's the whole point of the I for integration. You're supposed to integrate everything. And if you can't actually integrate everything from all your teams continuously, then it's not CICD. It's broken. Right. Well, thank you for plugging Shipyard, by the way. I will send you the check that I promised <laughs> you at a later date and time. Yes. <laughs> but so that makes a whole lot of sense. And I will say, and I think Mark can talk to this even better than I can. Yeah. Continuous is a little bit more of a promise than a reality is kind of the way I would put it. And I think everyone aspires to it, but it's tough. And so that really makes a whole lot of sense um, that that's the problem that you wanted to tackle. So when did you guys start? Like when, so you started talking, oh, I mean, this part is really interesting for our, our listeners because so you, you went out, you, you kind of had the team, you had this awesome core team. You went out, you talked to a bunch of folks. What was the impetus of saying, I want to go raise some money. I want to start a company. I want to start this open source project. How did you decide that it was going to be open source? Yeah. Um, I know that you guys have made a few changes a little bit there mm-hmm. based on Q and, and all this other stuff. Just talk to us a little bit about that origin. Yeah. So in our case, I don't know how well this applies to a first startup, but coming out of a first one that was, let's say, very tense, you know, 10 years of my life, lots of ups and downs, serious burnout at the end. The way we got the band back together was actually by talking not about a specific problem we wanted to solve, but about how we wanted to feel going to work every morning. You know, the team culture, the work environment, the values, you know, okay, what are we going to do with our life? And how do we build a team that's awesome and can find the perfect problem to solve in the market and then crush the perfect solution and then keep executing and scaling. And the whole time, you're happy you're there. Because it turns out, what I learned the first time is, if you worry about the last part, uh, you're happy you're there at the end, actually, you're never going to get it. <laughs> because it's too late. Once you're scaling and everything's set, the culture is set, you know, the team dynamics are set. If you want to optimize for a group of people that just 
awesome at what they do and they move as one and they're happy they're there. They, they love working with each other uh, and they have shared sets of values and a common culture. You got to start with that. So that was kind of our approach actually. And so I, I think we were successful. I mean, it's 22 of us now, you know, still early, but what happened is we built the team culture we wanted. And then over time we built the team we wanted. And along the way we've, we've started this process of, discovery you, know, you look for problems to solve and those things that kind of co co-evolved the, the culture and the problem and then from there the product so that's the first thing the second thing is well you know pretty quickly this discovery process pulled us in the direction of you know what i was talking about before deploying your app integrating your app so just cicd problems because it was just so obvious that the cicd is just a terrible experience for every team above 10 people universally has bad CICD or just, you know, CICD they've learned to live with. And so then the process was, I think, two years of constant prototyping and iteration. I think we shipped 60 prototypes. And the first 30 was just with the three of us. And then the next 30, there was always an audience, always someone that externally we showed it to. And then eventually we got to an alpha product in 2020. And then another alpha product, you know, every three to six months, continuously iterating and changing things until we launched a year ago. So, you know, March 2022, that's when we launched openly. And that was open source. But in 2021, we actually spent a whole year iterating on and shipping and even charging money for a proprietary cloud product, no open source. That was 2021. And then we learned that that was never going to scale in our case. And in our case, we needed an open source engine. And so we, we backtracked and sort of, we basically open sourced half of the product as an open source engine. The one that made sense as an open source engine. And the other half is an optional cloud service that we're shipping now, actually. So we're, we started onboarding our first customers on that and we haven't launched it publicly yet, but that's the other half of Dagger. So, Dagger as it ex- exists today is a hybrid product. It's a, an open source engine plus a proprietary cloud service. But it took many iterations to get there. I think that that story is like, it's super important, you know, by the way, kind of off on a tangent for a second. This, you know, you, you often see like the hacker news. It's like, you know, oh, here's this new project, Dagger. And you're like, okay, great. I understand this. But there's two years of prototyping and experimentation and validation with customers that led up to that like really simple articulate message in like a polished alpha product. It, like there's always all of that work that leads up to that, that you don't see. Totally. And we still got it wrong because we had to relaunch six months later. <laughs> Benji, as you mentioned, you alluded to that, you know, even after all of that, you could argue maybe we launched too late. We should have just gone to a broader launch sooner. I would actually argue that you should definitely do that. But either way, whether you're iterating in the open or, you know, in a partially closed community, what you said is exactly right. Like there's just endless, endless iteration and you, you never get it right on the first try. And, and anyone that seems to be getting it perfectly right on the first try, that, that's just an illusion. That just means they're good at marketing, you know, <laughs> yeah. such an understatement. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, okay. So let's just get a little pragmatic for a second. Cause I am a, let's say that I am a loyal cubeless listener. Hello, loyal cubeless listeners. Okay. And um, I want to kick the tires on dagger. I am currently using Argo or I'm using Circle or I'm using GitHub Actions. What's a good place for me to start? Like what's a good 
cool little side project. Um, obviously, I'm going to go check out Dagger.io, but like, give me just a little pragmatic, like how I can kick the tires to, to see the power of this thing. Sure. Yeah. So the first thing is, if you're a small team of devs and you're shipping like an early version of your product, and you don't spend a lot of time doing DevOps or CI/CD work, like you've set it up and you kind of forgot about it, and you're just shipping like crazy. So relatively small early teams, you probably don't need Dagger right now. I mean, it, feel free to play around with it because it's cool, but th- the main target today is a slightly larger team that, you know, if they've been shipping for a while now, they're starting to grow. Maybe they just got their first full-time DevOps hire or, or someone from the dev team just has to spend half of their time or more with, you know, on tooling and automation and, and CI, CD, and, and, you know, you start needing to retool and, and that starts being a bottleneck. You know, it's slowing you down in a bunch of ways. And that's where Dagger can really help. So there's a there's got to be some sort of pain related to CI/CD, and typically the pain it can take a few forms. One way that it manifests itself is someone is spending way too much time changing YAML files for their CI. Maybe it's Circle CI, maybe it's GitHub Actions, maybe it's GitLab. Doesn't matter. Or a Jenkins file, and then they're they think they got it right, but they're not sure. So they're going to commit, they're going to push, and then they're going to wait, and then they're going to wait, and then they get an error. Oh, I forgot a tab. And then they're doing it again. So were you back to the stone age <laughs> of software development? Because it's software. Your pipeline is software. You should, so you should, it's 2023. You deserve to be able to run the damn pipeline locally, like in a second and know if you made a typo before you commit it. That's like the very basics. So that's a pain point that, you know, that, that that's usually how you get started with Dagger. Like you, you're fed up with that and you hear Dagger can help you just show up. So I'm using, well, it's not name it. Let's say Jenkins because that's open source and that's not going after any company. But yeah, it's, it's all, all those are equally bad in that sense. Sure. No comment on any of those things. Um, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, but they're hosted is really what it comes down to. And they're remote. Oh, And yeah, so yeah. the issue is, is that if you want to make a change, it's a relatively long cycle, like maybe a few minutes, which isn't that long, but relative to you developing code, for example, that starts to add up. If you have a bad letter, or if you have a your YAML file as an extra space or a trailing, whatever, that stuff starts to add up and you don't actually get that feedback. So totally. it brings this like instant feedback loop locally for my CI. So I know when I'm I'm messing up a configuration file or something rather than having to wait five minutes for it to run and grab a coffee. Exactly. So yeah, and so what happens is uh, it's so paralyzing that basically you you do it as little as possible, and as a result, you don't fully leverage the power of these pipelines because the the continuous word I would argue is super important because as a software team you want to go fast. You know, you want to ship improvements to your product fast. You want to adapt to changes in the market or in requirements fast, and so you can develop the feature or the new thing, whatever it is. And you can have all the cloud infrastructure in the world ready, but until you have a pipeline that can continuously, you know, take the next the next change and automate the process of taking it live all the way to production with all the steps in between, you're, you're not done, basically. And so, I mean, the example we use these days in our sales conversation that comes up a lot is the AI feature. Oh my God, we've got to add AI to the, to the product. Oh, we have the, and the devs have the prototype. Oh, look, we have this agent that does blah, blah, blah. But okay, so now that's like saying, oh, we have a prototype of the new car. But you know, you're not done when you have the prototype. You're done when you've shipped the cars to customers, and that's a manufacturing problem. So you need the pipeline in the middle. And so what what's happening now is 
the experience of iterating and improving and testing those pipelines is so bad that everyone's settling for very basic pipelines and you know just you're staying as far away from it as you can no one's having fun innovating on their cic pipeline it's it's a chore you know so it's a competitive advantage if you can overcome that and actually make the process of improving your pipelines as fun and productive as the process of shipping the rest of the code because then you're going to ship those features faster you're going to get a few more tests in there you're just going to get something out there faster, more reliably, you know, it's just, it becomes a competitive advantage. So that's the barrier we're trying to break down. We're trying to make those delivery pipelines, whether it's build, test, deployment, and, you know, all those custom workflows, it should be code, you know, and the team, so you should be able to run it locally. And the second thing is the developers using those pipelines should be able to understand them and customize them and sometimes create their own and they should be able to reuse each other's pipelines, even though they use different tools and different languages. You know, So you want the front-end team. If the front-end team says, I need a staging environment right now. you know, And so they have their own thing. They're using whatever, Vercel or Netlify. They have their own thing. It's own build on everything. It's a bunch of NPM scripts. But then they need, now they need to do end-to-end scripts. So they also need to stand up uh, a backend environment and then they need to run the backend test suite and they don't know how that works. There should be a standardized way to do that. You know, maybe the backend team's using shipyard. I'm just taking that example randomly. Okay. But how do they trigger that shipyard deployment? How do they, what's the test tool? Like they don't, they don't know. So anyway, you need collaboration across, across development teams. You need local execution. You need proper testing and you need all that to be in languages that, these dev teams understand so they can participate in it. Right. And so Dagger actually is in multiple languages. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So there's a Python SDK. There's a Node.js SDK. So JavaScript, TypeScript. There's a Go SDK. And then all of this is based on a GraphQL API. So really any language that supports GraphQL, you can, you can write what we call a controller. So you write 10, 20, maybe 50 lines of code for an elaborate project that basically tells the dagger api here is how to run my pipelines you know and then those pipelines will run locally in development and then it'll also run on top of your ci runner you know on top of circle ci or on top of github actions etc and they're the same so it's kind of just extending the whole concept of port and again this is this, the theme between not to not to simplify but the theme between docker and dagger Besides the D is, uh, <laughs> is portability. Yeah, portability. Yeah, portability of code and now portability of pipelines. Really, totally. And and by the way, it's all built on containers. So part of this is we got containers now, and it turns out you can't standardize every application in the world on a single architecture because there's too many different kinds of applications out there. And sure, a lot of them use containers, but all of them will never use containers. And those who use containers will not all use containers in the same way. There's just, there's going to be fragmentation. There's just, you know, the application space is too vast. But all of those applications, you know, so I, I can't tell a software team what their stack will look like in five years. But I can tell them what their pipelines should look like because that's going to remain the same. You know, everyone's pipelines should be running in containers all the time with no exception. There's no good reason not to do it. Because a pipeline running in containers can ship any sort of application. 
whether or not it runs in containers. You see what I mean? So we're, we're focusing on containerizing the pipeline instead of containerizing the app. And if you happen to containerize the app, that's great. It's a great fit. But you don't have to. There's zero opinion on how your application should run or where it should run. The only opinion is you need a pipeline to ship it. And you need those pipelines to run in containers for portability. And then you need an API on top of that to express the pipeline logic in code. So Solomon, I want to go back at the beginning. You talked about one of the the things that just was really good at Docker was the community. Um, open source, building this community, really focusing on that and getting that that traction. Like, Can you talk a little bit about how you're focusing on community at Dagger now? Yeah, so we're... we're we're spending a lot of time on it. So community, you know, we're doing what you would call community-led growth. So right now, if you're successfully using Dagger, the chances are very high, almost 100%, that you started out in the open source community and you spent some time there and you interacted, you asked questions, you helped other users, and gradually you kind of you followed a journey to being more successful. So that's very similar to what we learned at Docker. You know, I think the market's more sophisticated. You know, it's it's more people are savvy in doing that. So it's expected, you know. So we do all the expected things and we spend a lot of time being nice and helpful and encouraging sort of that engagement, you know, building things together. The big difference for us that we've discovered is that Docker was a pretty single player tool. So that, you know, you can adopt Docker on your own very quickly. And then, yeah, later you'll pull people in, but you don't really need anyone else to use Docker in your team to be happily using Docker, at least for the first phase. You know, Dagger is different because if you notice how I pitched it earlier, it's really about a team solving a problem together that's fundamentally a collaboration problem. We're here to integrate everybody's work in one place. And like I said, if you're just one team you know, doing everything with the, developing the same thing with the same tools all day long, you, you don't actually need anything but the most basic CI. And so that has affected our community and how, you know, the dynamics of it, because the people who show up, they, sure, they're asking questions like, how does it work? And I have this problem, of course. And, oh, what, other, what cool things have other people built? And here's a cool thing I built. But also, there's a lot of conversations around how do I help my team get on board with this, you know? Oh, you know, how do I help this part of my team was using this language? How do I convince my boss? How do I convince the infrastructure team? Or people are saying, oh, I heard this, someone's trying to make me use this dagger thing, you know, convince me, you know. So it's, it's interesting that the multiplayer aspect of it changes the, the community dynamics. But I mean, the fundamentals remain the same. The best thing you can do in a community is provide ammo and get out of the way. So we have this bi-weekly community call where Dagger users show up and they, they, they show something cool that they built or they give a presentation about how they, they got their team to use Dagger. And that's way better and more fun than a Dagger employee saying, here is what, what we should do. You know? So everyone loves it. We learn a lot. And then we share all that on YouTube. So it's great marketing content. So if the product is a good fit for it, I, I mean, it's, just, it's a lot of fun also because you're you're building the thing all together. You know, you're hanging out on Discord all day with your with your users, and you're happy to be there. They give you feedback. I mean, it's it's more fun that way. I think. Yeah, that's really cool. Giving giving customers it's like that platform to really you know get up there and talk about what they're what they're building on top of what you're building, and you learn from it. They get an opportunity to to share. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and and there's lots of little things you can do. For example, one thing we do. So of course we're so we're a remote team. 
Uh, it just kind of happened because we started during COVID. Yeah. And so we're on Discord. And our community is also in Discord. Uh, at Docker, we were in Slack. And then we had a community Slack, but they were separate. This time, it's the same Discord. So there's just a private area where the team hangs out. And then right there, just a few channels above, there is the, where we hang out with the community. So you're just in those rooms and just switching back and forth all day. It's a completely integrated experience. And a lot of times we'll start a conversation in the private side and we'll say, oh, wait, wait, wait let's just discuss this on the open side. And we, we, we start over on the other side. So it's very seamless. And it seems like a little thing, but actually those little things, they have an impact in how you structure your everyday. There's lots of little subtle things like that. No, I, I get that. I mean, we have, you know, like we have a private Slack, but then like we have projects that we've contributed to the CNCF and, you know, there's a, there's a public Slack there and, and it, you're often, even that disconnect of jo- leaving one Slack like account and going to a different one, conversations end up not intentionally in, in private, but like they're there and you're like, oh, there's a lot of like effort to move it out. So that's, that's actually a, a cool side effect too. You get it. So what about roadmap? Solomon, what's next? What what's kind of the big? Let's call it the next six months to a year for Dagger. Do you, do you have that worked out, or are you still kind of iterating? You think to figure that out? Yeah, I mean both. We we have a plan and a and a, a direction, and we're also iterating like crazy. I think we re- just reached a milestone where we actually have paying customers now, so that's new. Because of course, the open source engine that you see on our website and our repo that's that's free, of course, and and we'll never charge for that. Uh, so that we got to charge for something. So one thing we did differently from Docker is we're we're starting the work much earlier to f- uh, build a full, you know, a fully formed product and business. Because until you've done that, you can't guarantee to your community that you'll be around, the, you know, <laughs> for the long run. And so you're putting that community at risk uh, of either ending up unsupported. Or, you know, being a battlefield for fragmentation and drama later. So it's better to just figure it out early what the model is, and then you explain what it is, and then people can say, I'm in or I'm out. So we've been doing the work, you know, since the beginning of the year, we decided, okay, we're going to just sell something and, you know, talk to our most, our power users who are successfully using Dagger today, you know, in production with their team, and figure out what's missing and how we can solve these problems in a natural way um, and charge money for it. So we did that and we closed our first customer. So it's still very early, but that forced us to ship a lot of product and also learn a lot, you know, just listen a lot to what important problems do we solve that are valuable enough that someone will pay us for it. And so we've learned a lot. And so the next step is to take what we shipped and what we learned that is right now hidden at the bottom of our funnel, you know, with a relatively small number of teams that we're helping and package that into a story that, that for the whole market. So that probably means a more clear explanation on the website of what Dagger is. And also of course, launching the full product, including the part you can charge for. So that's, that's the next six months. Uh, Cause right now, if you go to our website, I mean, the, the reality is it's going to resonate very strongly with say, one percent of the devops community you know they'll see things like your pipelines are code and yeah they run in containers oh my god that's exactly what i was looking for because it will solve these problems xyz but we don't exactly spell it out what problems we solve for you right now actually i think the pitch i gave earlier which was a little rambly but still it's better than what we say on the website and the reason for that is the website we shipped six months ago the latest version and what i explained today 
That's what our customers are telling us today. <laughs> you know, so they actually know why Dagger is valuable better than anyone. And so we got to go and tell that story better to everyone else so that it's not just the, the, the 1% of the, the DevOps community that can get it and, and get started, but the other 99% of the DevOps community also. Because really everyone has this problem. I think that it's interesting, just in general, the way that you approach stuff. And it's just clear to me that you've learned so many lessons over the course of your career and the way that you're approaching building Dagger uh, and the lessons you learned from from prior companies, obviously. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. And, and a good lesson that we're learning every day, I think all of us are probably, is just, you know, it's not how you think about it or how you talk about it. It's how your customers think and talk about it. Yeah, totally. I have one technical question for you. What about caching? Yeah, caching is a huge part of this. I mean, the, the thing is, when you say, oh, your pipeline should be code. Okay, that's, that, that makes sense. You know, that'd be cool if I could, the dev team could, you know, understand what's going on and write their own, et cetera. But what API will that code target? If, if the API is just, you know, the, the underlying operating system, like you're, you're reading files and you're executing commands um, on your Linux machine or Mac machine or whatever, then actually the result will be terrible because you'll have something very slow and, and the APIs are just not a good fit for CICD pipelines. So you need an API that's, that's specialized. And specifically, that's what most of the two years of iterating was, just figuring out the right design for that. And the right design, we think, is it should be a DAG. So the Dagger API, that's why it's called Dagger, it's basically an API for describing a DAG. So a DAG is a sort of graph, and each node in the graph is a very simple operation. And then the lines, you know, the, the edges between the, 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 the nodes of that, that graph are data flowing from one node to the next. And so one node, one operation might be execute this command in this container or pull this Docker image or pull this Git repo or modify this file. And so these are actually, those are building blocks. And from those building blocks, it turns out you can build any CICD pipeline if you have a good composition model and abstraction model. And so... That's when the caching comes in. One, one beauty of that model is that if you do it right, if you engineer it correctly, each node, you know all its inputs and all its outputs because those are the arrows, right? And then you just compute, um, digest each input. And then from there, you, you, and you record that. And uh, you do that for the same thing for the output. So you basically have a full map of everything that happened every time you run data through that, that data. You're basically, you know, picture an assembly line in a factory or, you know, a supply chain, and you're just, each run, you're recording what happens. And then that's a really powerful picture to have, because you're basically, you're looking at, you have a, like an x-ray view of your actual software supply chain. So Dagger will, once you're running your pipelines on Dagger, Dagger will show you back what your supply chain actually is. And along the way, it can cache it. So if, if it finds a specific node, if you ask for a specific node to process a certain set of inputs, like run this container from this image with this command, this blah, 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 then it'll, if it's done it before, it'll just fast forward and give you the result from last time. So that's exactly, by the way, how Docker build works because Dagger is built on the same tech under the hood that Docker build is built on. You know, it's called build kit and it does a lot of that magic. You know, so when you do Docker build, you have a whole DAG of what to do. You know, we basically decided that is so powerful. You can do way more than build with that. You can do any sort of CI/CD pipeline: build, test, deploy, and all these arbitrary workflows. All of that stuff should be in a DAG, 
and all of it should be cached by default. So the result of that is a lot of times when you switch over from your old school YAML shell scripts monstrosity, sorry, artisanal script to uh, Dagger, <laughs> then just the caching, you get a massive boost in, in uh, runtime. It just runs faster, like twice as fast, sometimes 10 times faster. It's really crazy. Uh, and, that, and that's, we, just, we get a lot of the credit for that, but it's really, we're forcing you into a model that's just way more efficient. And then we, we cache it, we cache the hell out of it by default. So it's like switching from manually optimizing your assembly code to switching to a higher level language and the compiler does all the optimizations for you. That's, it's that kind of switch. Right. So BuildKit is the compiler in, in this particular analogy. Exactly. Yeah. BuildKit. And, and, you know, over, we're wrapping BuildKit. So over time we're adding pieces here and there and we're, uh, we used to support vanilla BuildKit. Now it's, we ship our own locked in BuildKit. But yeah, that, that's, it's really 90% of the magic under the hood is, is BuildKit. So layers, layers is, is really what you, we got layers. La- it's layers. Yeah. We yeah. got lots of layers. Yeah. But BuildKit, I think, is the most one of those most underestimated open source project in the in in this space right now. It's just so powerful, and you can think of Dagger as an effort to really leverage BuildKit to its full potential. So Solomon, is there anything else that that we haven't talked about that you want to share? One thing I do want to say, I guess, is that if anyone out there is interested in the topic of CICD and specifically feels like we should look at it with fresh eyes. CICD can be a a boring thing for many, but some of us think it doesn't have to be boring. You know, there's a lot of cool work to be done. And so if anyone out there wants to geek out (laughs) with fellow CICD geeks who want to demand more, you know, we're, we're just, it's always fun to, to, to talk and exchange ideas. So, so that's, that's the most fun part for me. So just, you know, find me, reach out and uh, I'd love to talk. Yeah. If you go to dagger.io, you can get that button right to the discord server. And apparently you can harass Solomon all day long on that, on that discord. So, all day long. So go find him. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I thought that this was a, a really great conversation and I learned, I learned a lot, didn't expect to learn as much as I did, but really learned a whole lot and uh, really appreciate you coming on. So thank you so much, Solomon Hikes of Docker and Dagger fame. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. That's all we have time for today. If you're interested in being a guest on this show, or if you would like to suggest a topic, head over to kubelist.com. I'm Mark Campbell, CTO at Replicated, where we enable cloud-native software vendors to operationalize and scale the distribution of their modern on-prem applications to their largest enterprise customers. Check us out at replicated.com. My co-host is Benji DeGroote, CEO at Shipyard, where they enable isolated ephemeral environments on every code change for companies of all sizes. Check them out at shipyard.build. This show is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor in developer-first startups. For more information, visit heavybit.com. And finally, don't forget to sign up for the Kubelist weekly newsletter and read previous issues at kubelist.com.